0: This week on Dream Team Fantasy, we cover the NFC North, our pet peeves and drafts, and our week two preseason pick. Another episode of Dream Team Fantasy. Nick Morrow alongside my boy, Tyler Syracuse. What What up? So, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to my boy, uh, DJ, aka Jack, and for the mashup he does before this. um, Things fire. So, Um, how was your weekend?
1: had a good time, celebrated a birthday party for one of my buddies.
0: Yeah, I saw a little video. I don't know if any of you guys follow Tyler (laughs) on Instagram, but uh, a nice little video popped up on his Instagram story. You want to tell us about it?
1: Well, uh, lots of people were posting my karaoke videos uh, to Revolution Karaoke, and I I killed Barbie Dreams, a couple (laughs) other rap songs, so... Everyone thought it was hilarious, and they were recording me. Probably had a little too much to drink. I was going to say, it
0: looked like you killed a couple shots, too. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That was awesome. I couldn't make out the song, so I had to ask you about it. Um, So I've been having all these drafts now coming up, finally, you know, starting to really get into it. And I just got to say, one of my biggest pet peeves is when the people that are on the polls, like the one in the 10 or the one in the 12 spot, and they take... So they get three minutes to pick or whatever, and they take the full three minutes on the pick. And then when it comes back to their pick again, you know, right away, they take the three minutes again. Like, you got to know what you're picking with that second pick. I mean, it just, it drives me insane. I'm just like, all right, come on, let's make the pick. Let's go. So if you
1: haven't used the, um, the draft app for the best ball leagues, the, the slow drafts, you get 10 or 12 hours to make your pick. So sometimes people take the full 10 or 12 hours. So for me, I like to do the fast drafts, and you only get 30 seconds. So it's uh, much more enjoyable That's to That's a draft. little too fast for me, though.
0: <laughs> I still got to think you gotta about have
1: it. Your, you got to have your idea of exactly what you're going to do, like,
0: going into the draft. Yeah, it just drives me insane when they just take the full three minutes on a second pick. Like, you've been looking at the lineups. You know who's there. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get to it. Headlines. Um, I don't know some... Reports coming out saying true, false. Dak turns down 30 mil a year, looking for 40 mil. I mean, 30 million, you got to take that and run. I mean, right?
1: Yeah, it's pretty weird that that even got leaked out. You'd think that they'd keep it somewhat private if they're offering him a contract. I know uh, Jerry Jones's son came out and said that they offered quarterback, running back, receiver to be the top five highest paid at the position. So I know that had come out. Um, it is just amazing that he would turn down thirty million because I don't think he's a top ten quarterback. He might be top ten for fantasy, but he's definitely not a top ten real life quarterback. And yeah, and his there's agent, no chance it, he makes forty million.
0: No, and his agent said that you know that's not the case. He's not asking for forty, but I don't know. That was weird to me. Dallas, they're they're just a mess between them and Zeke and cooper not playing right now so um and i just want to get your take on the pass interference challenges i don't really like it i mean it's like let the boys play you know i get it some plays can kind of change the game everyone's all butthurt about the saints game last year in the championship like just i mean it's football you know let the boys play you want to challenge it. i i think in i was thinking you know like the coaches or when they do the booth challenges where the coaches can't challenge after, you know, the two-minute warning, halftime, before halftime, before the end of the game, that's when I think they should allow pass interference challenges. In the prime time of a game, when it comes down to it, something like that, that could, like, really make or break, win or lose a game for a team. I mean, what do you think?
1: It was interesting because I was watching the preseason pretty closely because I, I do a lot of the DraftKings and FanDuel And there was probably four or five pass interference penalties that I saw that got challenged, and they were all upheld. Not a single one of them was reversed. And in my opinion, they all should have been reversed. So it's like if they don't see something completely blatant that they missed, they're just going to stick with the call, it seems like, is what they were doing in preseason. Yeah,
0: I feel like it's going to be that um – You know, is it a catch? Is it not a catch all over again? You know, is it a pass interference? Was he holding them? Because DBs are taught at a young age to kind of almost like wrap their arms around the inside of the wide receiver's arms. They're not like holding them down, but like that's how they lock onto them. So they're not getting beat or when they try and, you know, run a route. I don't know. It's just kind of and it was
1: going both ways. I saw it called where they um, they said it wasn't pass interference, and they challenged it, and they they every single one they just stuck with the call on the field, and I was pretty shocked because I thought some of them were blatant.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's insane. Why? Do we, I didn't
1: have any biases because I didn't have the players that were involved. Just watching as a fan, I was I was surprised that they didn't reverse any of the calls.
0: Right. Yeah. Um. All right. I am fired up. About this one. I mean, we're going to be talking NFC North. This we're drinking White Claws. He's, he's we, getting
1: fired up over here.
0: <laughs> Tyler texted me today. goes, we should drink some adult beverages on the show. And I said, bro, I only drink White Claws <laughs> as a joke. And he was like, oh, I like those too. So he stopped at the gas station, picked up some White Claws. So here we are. Hey, I like uh, I like going
1: out on the boat. And White Claws are a great beverage to have out in the water. Oh, you, you guys go. haven't tried them in your 21 plus? Give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious.
0: Just talking football <laughs> and drinking claws. That's how we do it here. It's pretty manly. <laughs> All right. So the first team we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears. Everyone is so high on the Bears. They're going to be so good. Um, no, they're not. Trubisky has not looked good in camp. Report. I mean, you have to be so bad in camp for your own tribune to come out and say he looks awful. I mean, you just got, I mean, you just have to be so bad for them to actually be like, he just missing passes, uh, you know, wrong assignments. He's throwing interceptions. I, I, I don't think, I don't think he's good at all. He's not even, I, I don't think he's a pure passer. And he, his last year, last year was his ceiling. And last year was also the bears as a team ceiling.
1: I agree with you. I think the Bears really hit their ceiling last year. They stayed really healthy. They had an easy schedule. Uh, Their defense played great. Uh, They were – I mean, they have great coaching there. That's the one thing that they can kind of fall back on, even if Trubisky is an inaccurate passer. I know he's kind of – he's definitely known as being inaccurate. He kind of – he just made some egregious passes last year where it's, you know, 15, 20 yards over the wide receiver's head, and you're just like, where did that come from? And then he has those games where he has five or six touchdowns. To me, it just reminded me of Josh Allen. He's he's going to be a pretty good fantasy quarterback, but in real life, he's really not that good.
0: I don't I don't think he's going to be good season long. Like I'm not interested whatsoever in picking Trubisky for a backup or anything like that. I'm sure there'll be weeks, you know, daily when we want to play him. Um, and I've drafted him a couple times in best ball, but. Yeah. Season long. I'm not too high in him.
1: Yeah. Season long. He's hard to predict and he's going as QB 17. So in that range, you could get guys like, uh, Phillip rivers, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. So those are probably guys I'd take over Trubisky
0: to me. He reminds me of Alex Smith. (laughs) He literally reminds me of Alex Smith where he's just like, he's just there. And eventually like three, four years from now, he's going to have one of those amazing seasons like Alex Smith had, but that's it. And that's all he's going to be. Um, Another person that is just hype trained, David Montgomery, you know, he had a great preseason, but what people don't think, and I love this because I pay attention to this and everyone's high in him and his ADP is climbing, it was against second strings. I mean, it, he's, he's running and, you know, producing against backups.
1: Yeah, so... Montgomery has really been hyped up all i know There's been clips of him running over guys in practice, but those guys in practice are told not to hit him low. So they're just trying to tackle him high and just to keep everyone not injured and healthy. So he, of course he's going to run people over if he knows people are going to tackle him high and he could just stay upright and no one's going at his legs, but he's going as the 21st running back off the board. I just think that's a little too high for him because it's really going to be a timeshare I know they have Tariq Cohen still there he's a great pass catching back and then they have Mike Davis who who they trust for um pass blocking and, and he's a good pass catcher as well he's a veteran guy and I think he signed a three-year contract there so I don't think he's gonna be relegated to the bench either I just think it's gonna be my uh it's gonna be tough for Montgomery to get enough work to pay off as an RB2 this year
0: yeah and I think that this is just another situation, you know, like Seattle, like in San Fran, like in Kansas City, where it's just the running back by committee. There's so many choices. I mean, if you like Dave Montgomery, Dave Montgomery, draft him, okay? If you, if you think he's going to produce and he's going to, you know, hit value at his ADP, take him. Um, I always tell people, you know, in your draft, if you really like someone, take him. I mean, that's what this is about, you know, making money, having fun. Um, but for me, if I'm drafting Montgomery, I need Cohen or Davis. And, you know, I have to handcuff them because I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't think anyone really knows who's going to have the bulk of the carries, who's going to, you know, be getting the goal line work, who's going to be getting the two minute drill when they're down, you know, catching the passes out of the backfield.
1: I think another big thing to understand is the ADP. I know we talk about it a lot, but since he's going RB twenty one, you want to look at the other guys that are going in that range. So going behind him is like Sony Michelle, 25, 26. I'd rather have Sony Michelle. Uh, reports have come out that he looks good in practice. I think he's going to be ready to go. Mark Ingram is another one. He's going uh, one spot behind Montgomery. He's another guy I'd rather have. I think he's going to be the workhorse for Baltimore. They have a easy opposing run schedule, and I think Lamar Jackson helps open up uh, running lanes, as, as he's shown in the past. So it's just important to... To remember where these guys are going and kind of compare them to guys that are going in that same range.
0: Yeah, and then the wide receivers: um, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller. Uh, I mean, Miller's been a disappointment. Um, Gabriel's hurt, I believe, and Allen Robinson's. This is his second year from tearing his ACL, which I like from players. I don't like them coming off their first year of tearing the ACL. I feel like the second year is when they kind of get back to 100%. Um, number one wide receiver on the team, but being drafted actually around wide receiver two. Uh, he's got good value at his ADP, which is 73. You like any of them?
1: Yeah, 73, so that's the 27th receiver off the board. I think uh, Allen Robinson was a pretty easy fade last year. He was coming off the ACL. He was It was going to be his first year in Chicago with Trubisky. Now he's got a year under his belt with him. Uh, he, he should be the main guy there for sure. I think he has a, a great opportunity to finish as a, as a top 24 receiver, be a wide receiver too. And I think he even has upside to be top 15, top 12. Uh, actually pretty high on Anthony Miller as well. I know he's going wide receiver 48. He dealt with a lot of injuries last year. And I know his shoulder separated like five or six times throughout the year. I think the important thing for Miller, though, is that he's playing in the slot. And I had a couple stats from PFF uh, regarding Trubisky and uh, how he performed when throwing to the slot compared to outside. So Trubisky had a 103.7 passer rating when targeting wide receivers out of the slot as opposed to an 82.4 passer rating when targeting receivers in the slot. So his rating was uh, about 20 points higher when targeting slot players, and that's where Anthony Miller will primarily line up this season. So I think that's a reason to like him. And he showed great uh, chemistry with Trubisky in the red zone. I know he was he had, I think, seven touchdowns last year, and even though he was limited, he was still able to find the end zone a good amount of times. So, so I the, think those two would be uh, the two biggest buys for me for Chicago.
0: With those stats, any interest in Trey Burton at all? I, know, I think he's questionable with like a sports hernia or something right now.
1: Yeah, it was weird because he was healthy in the regular season last year, and then all of a sudden it was on like a Friday or Saturday night out of the blue that he was questionable for the, the playoff game against Philly, and they called it a groin injury. So it seemed like it didn't happen in practice. I don't know uh, if he was messing around with his girlfriend or his wife or something, <laughs> and he... Pulled his grind somehow, but it, it it was really weird, and it's weird that he's still kind of feeling the effects of that.
0: Oh, they must have been going ham. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: so yeah. I've mostly been avoiding <laughs> him just from the fact that he's he's still injured. And then I did have one other statistic on Trubisky. He ranked 11th in fantasy points per game last year, and he was 33rd out of 38 qualifiers in PFF grade. So despite the fact that he was inaccurate and that he wasn't graded highly, he still finished as a top 12 fantasy quarterback.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't see him finishing higher than that this year or at 12. So I, I'm not high on really any of the Bears players. Like I said, if you like Montgomery, if you like Robinson, if you're high on them, take them. Um, but I would just make sure you get a handcuff for the running back situation that they got. Last year um, –
1: their best positions probably their team defense. I think they'd be my top defense this year. No.
0: I'm going to I'm <laughs> going to put shot that I'm going to shoot that down right now too, okay? Because they lost Vic Fangio. Yeah. Okay, their defensive coordinator. So in the 4 years he was there, I believe, he started, they started 31st in DVOA, then they went to 23rd, then they went to 14th, and then last year they were first. He brought that defense there he has gone. They lost a couple other key pieces on defense. Everyone's saying that they're going to be in the number one D. No, 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 no. I guarantee you can at me, all right? <laughs> they are going to be, they won't be in the top ten defenses. Top ten, really? No.
1: I just love their pass rush. I, they could generate a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Obviously, Khalil Mack makes a lot of I plays. I mean, he's a
0: stud, yeah. I mean, but he can't do everything. I think he they can't. have
1: a great special teams, too, which is underrated. I think they'll have a great chance of returning uh, kicks and punts. They have Tariq Cohen returning punts and they have Cordero Patterson returning kicks. So you couldn't really ask for a better duo than that. Okay.
0: All right. I'll give you that. (laughs) Um, Last year, they ranked 24th in pass attempts, 6th in rush attempts, and 20th in yards per play. They have a very hard schedule last year. I think they are, let's see, 5th? Yeah, the 5th toughest schedule next year. So their over under is nine. It's a hard under for me. Uh, the over is plus one thirty eight, and the under is minus one sixty nine. So yeah, I mean it's a it's a hard under for me. I don't I honestly. I saw something. I sent you the screenshot. Like Fanduel posted their top teams, and they had them like sixth.
1: Yeah, and Chicago was nine and a half for a while. So I think people are starting to believe that they'll regress to the mean this year, and that they might only win seven or eight games.
0: They will be third in this division. And they will not finish in the top fifteenth, in, fifteen in this league, guaranteed. So, yeah, at me at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go on to the next team.
1: I think they'll go nine and seven. I think uh, I think it'll seven? be a push there. So I wouldn't I wouldn't bet either way, but. I just think uh, they could rely on that defense. Their offensive line is still pretty good. and If Trubisky doesn't turn the ball over, I think they'll be good enough to, to be just over 500. But I think they'll miss the playoffs as well. well
0: three weeks until they take the first L of the season. Um, all right, so on to the next team, the Lions. Uh, they were, let's see here. They finished last in the division last year. Like Stafford. Talented as they get at quarterback position, but for some reason doesn't bring it to the field. Um, someone I'm very high on this year is on Johnson. Now that Riggs has gone, I think he's going to be a three-down back. With Riddick being gone, it actually added 20-plus receptions to the team. Someone's got to make up for that. So I think that's huge in PPR, the two-minute drill, the quick tempo. Um, when they're down and they're going to have to you know, play that up-tempo offense, I think he's going to get a ton of looks.
1: Yeah, and Detroit was a team last year that that played pretty slow. I know they brought in Daryl Bevel, who's an extremely run-heavy offensive coordinator, so I think Carrion will definitely get his opportunities. He, since releasing Theo Riddick, Johnson went from RB19 all the way up to RB13, so people are starting to buy in. They're, they're starting to realize that he might catch 50, 60, 70 balls, which is going to boost his floor and his ceiling, especially for uh, PPR leagues. Uh, I don't think Detroit's going to be a very good team, but if he's that pass-catching back, then he's going to be playing 80%, 90% of the snaps, and he's going to have a lot of opportunities to, to score fantasy points even if they're not scoring touchdowns.
0: And I, I think also this is another situation if I'm taking carry on, I'm looking for C.J. Anderson late in the draft just to kind of help me sleep better at night knowing you know that I have the handcuff to him in case he gets injured in case something like last year with the rams where you know cj anderson just came out of left field and takes over um but yeah i if i'm drafting carry on i'm, I'm looking for the handcuff and cj
1: and i think it is important to note that people are completely off the Lions' passing attack stafford's going as qb 26 this year That's and i crazy. know he's been a, a pretty good fantasy quarterback over the last couple of years when they've been pass ha- pass happy when they had megatron they had golden tate they had marvin jones um I just think people are wary of the new offensive coordinator and that they want to be run heavy I know they have Matt Patricia's the, the head coach and they're kind of
0: I think he's an awful coach yeah they're kind of back to
1: the stone age they're just going to try to ground and pound and play defense I,
0: I mean I like him as a person I don't know him personally but I like him as a person and I just think he's an awful coach I was thinking about it the other day Patriots lose him and what do they do last year just win the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're fine. They hold the highest offense in the league to three points. As in long the as Super they have Bowl. Belichick
1: and Brady, they're fine.
0: I know, but it's just like, <laughs> you know, that's what got him this job is supposedly he was his defense guru. You know, yeah. he ran, but no, I just don't. And with what he did last year and the reports coming out that, you know, no one even likes him on the team and he's just running this team to that's the ground.
1: The uh, Belichick gets all of his defensive and offensive coordinators head coaching positions because. It just He makes them look better. So that's a that's a part of being a, a coordinator in New England. Uh The other thing I wanted to mention was Stafford and just the lines in general. I think their over-under was, what, seven wins? Six and a half down. Six and a half. Okay, it's down to six and a half. So I saw a stat. It was a, a couple of years ago now that Stafford's been in the league for a while, but he lost his first 30 games of his career when playing against teams that finished with a winning record. So it just goes to show that he really struggles against good opponents and and uh he, he's really not that great of a quarterback he kind of just picks on the the losing teams he's kind of similar to Kirk cousins honestly
0: <laughs> yeah I, I agree with that and i think you know having kelvin johnson just made him look good i mean all he had to do is really throw the guy throw the ball up to that guy like randy moss and he was coming down with it you know um they wide receivers i'm not high on i'm not really not high on them everyone's you know really high on galladay I don't think he even finishes in the top fifteen, and no one's talking about Marvin Jones. I mean, he's only twenty nine years old; he's in his prime. Um, what was the stat I got? Would have been a wide receiver eleven if he played a full season at at the pace he had. Um, I, I like him better than Galladay. He's bigger, and you know, I just don't think that Galladay is going to hit value at his current ADP. Yeah, Galladay's going as wide receiver
1: 19. He's definitely an extremely talented receiver. It's just a question whether or not the targets are going to be there. Uh, As I said before, I think they're going to be an extremely run-heavy team, and I think it makes more sense to invest in Marvin Jones as wide receiver 37
0: rather than Galladay at wide receiver 19. Do you think Amadola does any sort of – I mean, I'm sure he'll take some catches away from people and things like that and he's reuniting with Patricia, so –
1: yeah, he's he's definitely going to take some targets away from the other guys. I just think that he doesn't have any ceiling. And unless it's like a 16 team PPR league, you know, he's really not going to help you because I think the best he can really do is is what like 5 for 60, 6 for 70, something like that. True. He might get seven catches tops, but I th- I don't think he's going to have any 100-yard games and He's a small guy, so they're not going to use him in the red zone. I just I just think his, his ceiling is very low, and uh,
0: you don't really want those guys in, in fantasy football. And then their tight end position, TJ Hawkinson. Everyone is just high on him too. Um, his ADP, do you have it? Yeah, he's going as One, the 20th tight end off the board. 20th tight end, looking like 159 ADP.
1: And rookie tight ends are never good. I don't think we've talked about that much on the podcast, but there's a lot of statistics that that go back over the last couple of decades. And
0: I got this one for you: only one tight end to ever finish top ten as a tight end is rookie year Evan Ingram. That's it. Yeah, that is the only only tight rookie tight end ever. So rookie tight ends don't produce. And, and he was barely in the top ten too. Barely. Um, and going at that ADP, I. I I'm still going to go back to Jordan Reed. I'd rather have Jordan Reed than Hawkinson. He's been in the league, and I, I just think he's going to, now that he's healthy, he's going to produce this year. But yeah, I'm not, I don't like TJ Hawkinson. I'm not going for that rookie tight end. I'm definitely fading away. He's a DND for me.
1: Yeah, so I think we'd be most high on uh, Karrion Johnson, and then I think we'd be more willing to invest in Marvin Jones over Kenny Galladay. Another interesting stat I had on Carrion Johnson. Before we
0: get to that, Tyler, a word from our sponsor.
1: If you're in the greater Rochester area and looking for a plumber, Thunder Drain Plumbing and Drain Cleaning is the way to go. Shoot Chris from Thunder Drain a text or call at 585-500-1177. And now back to Dream Team Fantasy. Another interesting stat I had on Kerryon Johnson from Pro Football Focus. He averaged 5.43 yards per carry last year. And all the other Detroit running backs combined to average 3.42 yards per carry. So that differential of 2.01 yards led the league and a 3.42 yards per carry average would have ranked last among all teams. I know they had LeGarrette Blunt there who was probably bringing that average down. And that's where Patricia comes into play where it seems like he's he's uh, signing a lot of his former players. Definitely. LeGarrette Blunt's a good example. Amendola's a good example. And, and yeah, well, now that he's gone, they brought in CJ Anderson, but... If carry-on's the workhorse, he's going to have a great chance to be an RB1.
0: Agreed. Um, last year, they finished 11th in pass attempts, 18th in rush attempts, 27th in yards per play. Uh, their strength of schedule is ranked 20th. Um, they're over under 6.5, a, a number they topped in five straight seasons before Matt, Patricia, Matt Patricia's debut last year fell short at 6-10. and 10. So the over is minus 142. It's kind of crazy to me that people are, that the juice is on the over. Like they're thinking, I know we talked about this on different podcasts. Seven wins is a lot in the NFL. And I mean, I know they won six last year. So, it's, you know, they don't really have to improve much to get that seventh win. So uh, minus 142 in the over, plus 117 on the under.
1: Yeah. So I bet them under seven a couple months ago when the Lions came out. So, uh, as usual, you want to bet the best number you can get. Um, six and a half is tough. I uh, I don't think they're going to be very good, but at the same time, I I don't know if they're only going to win six games. I think I think they have a shot at seven games, but it would be tough to see eight, so that's why I bet the under seven.
0: And, th- and they're in a tough division. Yeah. I mean, you know, Packers, Vikings, and, you know, the Bears aren't going to be a walkover going into Chicago. So, yeah, I'd probably – no bet for me, but it's that's a tough one. And I
1: think it's pretty clear what they want to do. They want to be a ground and pound team. They want to slow the pace down, uh, which is completely different than the offensive offenses Stafford has run in the past. So now I think they're going to rely on that offensive line, uh, give carry on the ball a lot, and then they're going to try to do play action passes and hit Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones deep. And then I know they've. Uh, made a couple acquisitions on the defensive line as well. So I think they're really trying to build through that offensive line in the, in the D line and then we'll see what happens. But I just don't think they have enough talent there.
0: So let's go on to the team that's winning this division, <laughs> the green Bay Packers. Uh, last year was a disappointing season. Roger played on one leg. So what do you expect? Um, Every year hey, that he, but he still
1: can't chug a beer every that
0: doesn't he doesn't need to he's a MVP he doesn't need to do anything people do that for him that
1: was embarrassing and then Stafford uh, totally owned him when he posted his chug and Brady
0: Stafford, Stafford sucks <laughs> Brady's a goat we can't really argue with Brady Um, every year that he has played 10 plus games Aaron Rodgers we're talking about here he has finished as a top two fantasy QB that is crazy to me because I feel like He's just not producing, but he does, and you just don't know it. Um, His current ADP is the beginning of round six. Uh, Is that a steal? I mean, if you get him in the sixth round, would you take him? I know everyone's waiting on quarterbacks, but with that stat that I read and just the fact that, you know, they brought in some offensive linemen, they're going to get him help, um, so I'm hoping he stays healthy and on his feet. You think he's a good...
1: Yeah, I think he's the QB three. I would have Mahomes one, Watson two,
0: and Rodgers three. So
1: he leads all quarterbacks in fantasy points per game since 2011. Obviously, he was playing hurt last year. He had a tibial plateau fracture and a sprained MCL, and that happened in week one. So that was the whole year that he was dealing with it, and I know he kind of gutted it out. And he really didn't have a, a great year last year, but, I mean it was just time for Mike McCarthy to go. I don't know how you feel about Mike McCarthy, but in my eyes, he was just one of the biggest donkeys in the league. <laughs> he, just, he just ran the same three plays and it was boring. He just didn't do anything creative. And it was just, it was a very it was, predictable, it was tough to watch. Yeah,
0: it was very predictable and boring offense. And I'm glad he's gone, but some of the things that worry me are like the reports coming out where Rodgers is questioning LaFleur's, how he's, Doing practice with the just joint. Just let Rodgers do like his that.
1: thing. You know he's been in the league. For a, league a long years. time. You
0: know he doesn't want to do the joint practice. Let him just throw dimes all over the place and just keep him on his feet, and we're going to win games. Um, so their quarterback, I saw this during the fantasy playoffs. Their quarterback strength of schedule ranked is fifth. So down towards the end of the season, he could be really good to have if you're in the fantasy playoffs. Um. So wide running backs, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Uh, Aaron Jones came into camp in great shape, but he's hurt again. Um, he just hasn't proven that he's a lead back um, for a whole season that he can just handle that grind and that you know pounding that running backs get for a full you know sixteen game season. Um, and Rogers only threw to running back sixteen percent of the time last season.
1: And I think that's where the new coach can come in and they can kind of emphasize throwing to the running backs a little bit more. I know they don't have uh, too many great wide receiver two options behind Devontae Adams, so I think they should start to utilize either the running backs or the tight ends a little bit more. Um, Rodgers has targeted wide receivers out of the slot on 25.6% of his throws, which is the fourth most among quarterbacks. And he has the best passer rating at 1116 one reason that we should invest in Ger- Geronimo Allison is because he's expected to play the slot this year, and Rodgers really excels when throwing to the slot. I know, I know, it was Randall Cobb there when he was healthy, and then Jordy Nelson later in his career, before he got shipped off to uh, Oakland.
0: I I like Geronimo Allison. If I were to, if I were a betting man and throw money on who was going to be wide receiver number two, it's it's Geronimo. But I'm not. I'm not taking. Aside from if I don't get Adams, I'm not picking a single Packers wide receiver. And
1: Ellison's went from wide receiver 52 just a week ago, and he's already at wide receiver 39. So people are really starting to invest in Geronimo.
0: Yeah, and, you know, people are talking up MVS, and he's had a shitty camp, and him and Rodgers can't seem to get on the same page, even though Rodgers have been hyping him up. It just – Equinarius St. Brown, Kumaro, it just – there's too many options in that to fill that wide receiver, too, that take Adams if you can get him and then move on from the Packers' wide receivers.
1: And Rodgers is kind of a douchebag, honestly. So if the wide receiver hey, does something that pisses him off, he's just not going to look at him anymore. I mean, realistically, I think Devontae Adams, you know, he might get 180 targets this year. He, I can't he, see any scenario, like... If Rodgers gets pissed at at the younger receivers, if they're not running the same routes or if he doesn't do what he wanted them to do, he's just going to look at Devontae and he's just going to lock on him and target the hell out of him. And he'll
0: squeeze it into those tight windows 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, and I'm having a really hard time between Adams and Hopkins for that wide receiver one. Just a really hard time. Adams is
1: my top receiver. I just think he's going to have the targets. Um, I think there's a little bit more competition for the target market share in... Houston than there is in Green Bay Uh, One thing I wanted to point out back to Aaron Jones Over the past two Seasons he's PFF's Highest graded running back And he actually leads all 87 qualifying running backs in yards Per carry at five and a half yards per carry So it you kind Of mentioned how he doesn't stay healthy I think the Packers they Shouldn't give him 20 touches they Should stay in that 15 to 18 Range kind of like the Elvin Kamara range And I think that's a perfect comp for him is Alvin Kamara. Let him get those 15, 16, 17 touches. And we know with those touches, they could be great. They could get 100 yards and in one or two touchdowns. So I think that's kind of the...
0: Will he, will he hit value, though, getting just that many touches? I don't feel like that's enough for where he's going right now.
1: Kamara and Jones have just really relied on efficiency. So it, I think if he starts to get more targets, I think that's the big factor into into whether or not he's going to pay off that price tag so he's going as the 16th running back so i mean if he catches 50 balls he'll be a top 15 running back for sure it's just is are the packers interested in throwing to the running backs and is he going to stay healthy
0: right um and then jimmy graham uh he's cheap at tight end i mean not anyone no one's really high in him um Second year with Rodgers, could be coming together and having some chemistry. Any interest? If I'm not mistaken,
1: Jimmy Graham had two touchdowns last year, which I was shocked. I was telling people all offseason that he was going to have 10 touchdowns. He's such a great red zone guy. Uh, he's going to be the new Jordy Nelson, just catch a bunch of touchdowns from Rodgers. It really didn't pan out. I know there was a couple touchdowns he had called back, actually, by holding penalties and uh, offensive pass interference, etc. cetera. So I think realistically, he was he was pretty close to five or six. I do think he's going to have a bounce back year. I, I know he's going as tight on 18. So I think he could pay off that price tag. I just don't think he has much upside. I think his best case scenario, he finishes like just inside the top 10 or just outside the top 10. I just don't think he has uh, the top five potential that he used to.
0: Yeah, and the Packers brought in Mercedes Lewis and drafted Sternberger. So – there's some depth to the tight end, so if you know if Jimmy's not producing early, you know, they might throw one of those guys in and give him a shot. Um so a stat that I saw on Adams, if you took his worst fantasy game in twenty eighteen and ran his stats for the game into a full sixteen game season, he would still finish the season as a wide receiver one. I mean, that's just the the, the targets that he gets, the you know, the attention that he gets and You know, in the red zone, he's just a beast and Rodgers looks his way. So he's definitely one of the Packers that I'd really like to get this year. Um, The defense is going to be much better than last year. They're finally active in the offseason, adding some free agents and drafted another first round D-man. So I think their defense is going to be better. Um, Last year, they finished or they ranked third in pass attempts, 32nd in rush attempts and 13th in yards per play. Uh, Their strength of schedule is ranked 18th. Their over-under is 9. It actually opened at, or no, their over-under is 9.5. It opened at 9. And at 9 is a number they've failed to reach in consecutive years, um, but have beaten in 7 of Aaron Rodgers' 11 seasons as a starter. So 9.5 right now, plus 124 in the over, minus 150 on the under.
1: Yeah, uh, I actually like the over. I know for sure you're probably going to go over. Oh, for sure. If you think they're going to win the
0: division, but I just think I think, it, I think twelve games wins this division. Yeah, so if you can get
1: plus odds on the over, I just think that if you have a top five quarterback in the league, more times than not, you're going to win ten games. And like you said, they're going to have an improved defense. I just think there's definitely a scenario in which I can see them winning eleven or twelve games. So if you could get nine and a half. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to win nine. I think uh, I think they got a great chance to win 10-plus. I think that's a good bet.
0: Yeah, Roger State is healthy. I agree. All right, so on to the Vikings. Um, the other team in this division that worries me a little bit, they're going to be good. Um, Cousins, he's coming off his second year with Minnesota. Um, I, I think he's going to throw less this year, though. I think they're really going to try and give the ball to Dalvin Cook. Um He's also two years removed from his ACL, which is when I really like players. I feel like they get back to that hundred percent after that. Um, I hired Gary Kubiak as assistant head coach, um, who is just a run first coordinator. The final five games last year, he averaged one hundred four yards per game, and the only question I have on him is his durability.
1: Yeah, so Delvin Cook has gone as RB ten. He's one of the the cheaper guys on DraftKings, too, for week one. So we're we're definitely going to monitor in the preseason whether or not he's running exclusively with the ones or whether or not Mike Boone or uh, their uh, third-round draft pick, Alexander Madison, are going to spell him at all.
0: Honestly, uh, Abdullah looked good in preseason the other day. I know that we talk about running against the backups, but, man, he was running hard, and he's fast.
1: Yeah, I think from what I've read, they just want to use him primarily for special teams, so more of a kicker-turner and punt-returner guy. Uh, I do think they're going to be a run, more run-heavy team, though. It's crazy because Kirk Cousins is going as QB 26, or uh, sorry, QB 19, Stafford was 26. Um, and Kirk Cousins ranked 12th in fantasy points last year, and people are really acting like he had such a bad year. I know, like, he got a ton of hate in the offseason, and, and people think he really had a... A terrible year, but I mean twelve and fancy point twelfth in fantasy point, in fancy points isn't bad. And the three years before that on Washington, he was sixth, fifth, and eighth. And somehow he's nineteenth this year. I think he's a he's a pretty good investment for a for a late round quarterback. He's got awesome receivers to throw to. They drafted a tight end, Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama. So he's he's definitely got the weapons. I mean their offensive line couldn't be any worse from last year. I know they they spent a couple of draft picks on offensive linemen, so theoretically they should be better there. And then he's got uh, Adam Thielen, wide receiver eleven, and Stefan Diggs, wide receiver fourteen, and that's got to be the I mean the best duo in the league. Those guys are both unbelievable.
0: Yeah, they really are. Um, I'm I'm leaning Diggs more than Thielen just in fantasy, just for where he's being drafted, and I just think he's he has more upside than Thielen. yeah I
1: think you draft Diggs for the upside he's just I mean he's an unbelievable route runner he's got to be top three in the league between him Antonio Brown and probably Keenan Allen would be my, my top three uh route runners and uh I think you take Thielen if it's uh if it's a PPR league because I think he's got a great chance for seven eight nine catches a game
0: yeah I mean like we said though I, I just I think they're gonna throw less and I just think Delvin Cook's just a great pick. Um In the final three games last year under the current, because they brought a new offensive coordinator, uh, Stefanski, I think his name was, uh, Minnesota was 48% run heavy, um, and Cousins averaged only 27.3 attempts in those three games. So if I'm taking Cook, I'm probably drafting uh, Madison later in the draft just to have that backup because, like I said, his durability is a question for me with Cook. Aside from that, I'm really high on him. And I really think he's going to get um, the, the lion's share of just the offense.
1: Yeah, one, another stat I had on Delvin Cook, despite battling injuries last year, you know, first year off the ACL, and I know he dealt with hamstring uh, injury as well, which usually happens coming off an ACL injury. He actually led the league in missed tackles force last year, which shows his incredible elusiveness. And uh, from week 11 on, he played 76% of the snaps and averaged 15.7 uh, fantasy points per game. So, I mean, if he could stay healthy, he, he's going to smash this year. Um, and their, and played, their
0: offensive line was banged up last year, like yeah. you said, and they're going to be healthy, and they they spent some draft picks to bring some people in. So I think they're going to be much improved.
1: And I think it's important to – I know you mentioned it. Uh, they brought in Gary Kubiak as offensive coordinator. He's, he's a run-heavy guy. So he's, he's had 12 seasons as an offensive coordinator. And in each of the seasons, his offenses have ranked top 12 in uh, rushing yards. And nine times they've ranked in the top five.
0: Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work because they have an offensive coordinator in Stefanski, but Kubiak is assistant coach slash, like, offensive, I don't like, I don't know what he is. Yeah, it is weird. So I don't know if, you know, if Kubiak's going to have more of a say than Stefanski, but I think either way from the stats, I mean, they're going to run the ball. So um, last year, they ranked sixth in pass attempts, 27th in rush attempts, and 19th in yards per play. Uh, they got the 17th toughest schedule next year, and their over under is at nine, a mark they've reached just twice in the last six seasons. So the over is minus one Oh seven and the under is minus 113. So it looks like the, the people are torn on which way the Vikings are going to go. I think over, I I really do. I think they're going to be a good team. Minnesota's that going into Minnesota is a fucking hard place to play. It really is. Those fans get loud and obnoxious. That stupid fucking horn. I got to (laughs) hear when they play on Sunday against the Packers is so annoying. Um, I I like the over. I, I think they'll win nine ten games.
1: Before I get into what I think for the over under, I just wanted to mention the one fade I had on this team would be Kyle Rudolph. I just oh, think yeah, it's yeah, insane yeah. that he's going as tight end fifteen. I know they give him a five year extension, but no money is guaranteed beyond this first year. And he ranked really poorly in both run blocking and pass catching last year. And it's pretty clear that they, they want to move on based on the fact that they drafted Irv Smith. So the guys that are going around him, I mean, I'd take anyone over Kyle Rudolph at this point. The guy looks like he's, he's stuck in mud when he runs.
0: (laughs) He really does too. I mean, he looks like he's slower than Jason Witten. Oh my God. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I I didn't even talk about him because he's not even on my radar. Yeah. I just noticed you
1: tight end 15 still. That's That's just insane. That is
0: insane. Um, yeah, so back to the over-under nine, I uh, did you take any of those? Um,
1: yeah, I'm actually really high on the Vikings. I, I was last year as well. I was I was pretty um, irritated that it didn't pan out, but I'm going to go in on them again, double down. I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to win 11 or 12 games. Uh, I know they were my actually pick to uh, lose in the Super Bowl to um, New England last year, so I was I was pretty far off on that. But I think... Cousins, another year there. I, I, think, I think they're going to have a nice rebound year, and I think they're going to take down the, the tough NFC North.
0: So that's it for the NFC North. Um, we got a couple of listener questions, actually. So these are for Tyler because these two people are in my leagues, so I'm not answering. <laughs> um, the first one is, is there any value in keeping Tyler Lockett in the 13th round as a keeper over Tyreek Hill in the third you can keep these keepers as long as you want, and it's a PPR league.
1: Wow, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so Tyreek Hill, I mean, he's just unbelievable. He, he's going to be a top-five receiver for sure. I know he was the top receiver last year, a uh, huge upside. Now, for a keeper league, I think he's really going to fall off after a couple years because he's just primarily built on speed. I'm also really high on Tyler Lockett. He's my 19th or 20th wide receiver off the board, even though his ADP's uh, in the mid 20s. So that is great value on getting Lockett in the 13th. But at the same time, Tyree Kill in the third. I mean, that's that's not a bad bargain either. So I would say if he's in win now mode, I would probably hang on to uh, to Tyree Kill. If you want to build for the future, I'd I'd probably uh, go with Lockett there.
0: And then the next one is – this one's kind of um, – got a lot of info on this one. All right, so it's a three-keeper league. They're keeping McCaffrey, Elliott, and Hopkins. Um, it's a two-quarterback league. What positions or players – it's a non-PPR, by the way. What positions or players should I shoot for in the first three rounds? Um, you know, QBs get the most points in the league. Um, tight end – does she nail down a quarterback in the first three picks? Like I said, it's a two-quarterback league. So, um, How many
1: people are in the league?
0: It's an eight-person league.
1: Eight-person, okay. So there's still plenty of quarterback options. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I wouldn't sweat too much getting a, a quarterback in the in the top rounds. I think there will be plenty available. I think for uh, non-PPR leagues, you really want to find the guys that obviously score touchdowns. I know it's a little bit harder to predict, but there's a lot of statistics you could look at. Uh, you could look at team data uh, so for example, like the, the Patriots always have a running back that finishes top five or top 10 in rushing touchdowns. So, you, I mean, you could get Sony Michelle as the 25th running back off the board. I think he's, a he's an outstanding value there. I know LeGarrette Blunt had 20 touchdowns there and he's, he's never really been an explosive guy. So I, th- I think, um, yeah, you want to find those guys that are, that are going to score touchdowns. So, uh, guys like Julio Jones, who, are like allergic to the uh, end zone. You probably want to avoid. Um, so guys that tend to score more touchdowns, like off the top of my head, obviously Rob Gronkowski in his prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it'd be like guys like Alvin Kamara who just always find the end zone. He averages over a touchdown per game, Todd Gurley, uh, Sony Michelle. Um, so yeah, you just, you, you look for those guys that score touchdowns. You, you don't want your Amandolas and your, and your slot receivers. You want, you want guys that score.
0: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of non-PPR. Yeah, it's a little bit harder to predict. It really is. Um, I I know I asked you this on the first podcast we did. I want to ask you again, Mahomes in the 14th or Hopkins in the 2nd as a keeper?
1: I think that's a no-brainer. I'd go Mahomes. I think he's going to throw for 15
0: again. You said Hopkins the first episode. Did I? You did.
1: Mahomes in the 14th round? 14th. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god. No Take Mahomes in the fourteenth round every time. Yeah,
0: run with it, right? Um, all right, so let's talk about last week we took the Dolphins over the Falcons um for our bet of the week and we hit so one and zero. Um so what do you got this week? I know that this week's a little tougher. Um I saw a stat that kind of drew me through teams that haven't drew me towards teams that haven't won a game yet, but in the preseason, no one wants to go without a without a win, so no one wants to go zero and four. Um, so teams that get that first win, so that are coming off of that first win and versus teams that are coming off of the first week by, or first week loss, tend to win. Was it sixty percent or something? The teams that lost, yeah, just
1: over sixty percent. So basically, you want to look for a team that's zero and one in the preseason versus a team that's one and zero in the preseason.
0: So a couple of those games we got are. Bears versus Giants, Bucks versus Dolphins, Browns versus Colts. So um, I know that neither of those games are actually kind of your pick that you were targeting. You're targeting the Jets again over the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> you just think the, those Falcons backup quarterbacks are just garbage.
1: Yeah, and I like to pick on Dan Quinn. I know he's lost 10 in a row in the preseason. Um, I'm waiting for more information to come out, so I haven't bet the game yet. Um Make sure you guys watch our Instagram stories and on. Uh, make sure you're on Twitter. We, we are going to finalize our bet there. I just think, um, I know it's uh, it's been stated that uh, Julio and Ridley aren't going to play, but Dan Quinn wanted to get Matt Ryan a couple extra series. Um, it hasn't been reported how much Sam Darnold is going to play yet, so I've been paying attention to that if Matt Ryan only plays one or two series, I just think the Jets are a great bet again because they have Darnold who will probably play more than Matt Ryan. Um, and then they ha- they actually have a somewhat competent backup in Trevor Simeon. I know he's been pretty bad on Denver last year, but honestly he's more promising than than Matt Ryan and, and Matt Sims. And I just think, I mean, Dan Quinn just does not prioritize winning in, in these preseason games. He doesn't want anyone to get hurt. He's not going to risk Matt Ryan. He's not going to risk Devontae Freeman, Julio, or Calvin Ridley. And it was funny because the the bet we won last week, I don't know if you saw how it ended, um, the Falcons went for it. I, th- I think it was 4th and 14 from their own like 14-yard line with mm-hmm. a minute and 40 seconds left to go, and the game was tied. And instead of punting, they went for it. <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> that's the thing I mean, that's really hard to – bet preseason because the coaches don't give a shit yeah and they're not Especially dan quinn and they're just they're not playing to win yeah they're playing to see what they have you know what guys they're keeping everyone's getting an opportunity so it's really hard to predict when you know i'm watching these games and i'm thinking all right come on let's go you know up tempo drive down the field we need another point you know we need our touchdown um but it's it's preseason like you said they're not trying to get anyone hurt they there's don't. definitely an edge you
1: just have to really pay attention to the reports and figure out okay how many series are they going to play how many are the starters going to be in there for a quarter or just a series and then you got to look at the depth charts and, and figure out who's got a more talented uh bench um i did have a good first week playing uh DraftKings and Fanduel. um made a couple grand there so um Make sure you guys look out for the, for the must plays that I've been posting. I know they I I posted them for two separate slates, and I put up two or three guys, and and they were all guys that you needed to have to win some of these slates. So so make sure you guys are looking out for that.
0: Yeah, um, appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, appreciate everyone for subscribing, liking, rating. Um, love hearing your guys feedbacks please send in your questions drafts are coming up now so now's the time to message us ask us whatever you got um fantasy gambling you name it um we'll try and get to it so anything else before we get out of here
1: Uh, i think that's pretty much it uh good luck to your packers uh fuck the bears um (laughs) i think the vikings are gonna take it though yeah all right yeah all right that was an interesting division i think it's a good division um the only thing, the only team I think you could really rule out is the Lions. So I think three teams have a chance t-
0: to win it. So we'll see. We shall see. Three weeks from now. Um, all right. He's Tyler. I'm Nick. We're out. Yeah.